can a country of 1.43 billion people, the fifth largest economy in the world and rising soon to be, soon maybe in the next two, two years max, to be a $5 trillion economy with, with an army of 1.3, 1.4 million people, with paramilitary forces of more than 1 million people, with 200 plus nuclear weapons, etc., 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 kind of a startup dreamland of the world, does it have to be afraid of a man called George Soros? Now that question has come up. George Soros is a highly polarizing, controversial and newsmaking figure. He says something, it makes news all over. He is quite newsy, he's headline worthy. That's why you find a lot of the global forums, including Davos, they invite him routinely to speak because they are waiting for that one headline that comes out of George Soros. Because of all the global investors, there's also Warren Buffett, for example, rarely talks politics of this level, rarely has these delusions of grandeur that he can control what happens in the rest of the world, including America, right? America and the rest of the world. But George Soros makes that headline. So just as you might find that TV channels will always invite people who will say something nutty to make headlines or to get eyeballs, global forums also invite George Soros. At the same time, George Soros has got something with him. One, he's got tens of billions of dollars, not always with himself. At this point, his net worth is about eight point, a little over $8 billion. But with his investors, with his funds, etc., etc. Plus, on the markets, he's a kind of a whiz kid. He has made a lot of money in the markets. He's self-made. He takes contrarian calls on the market. And because his net worth continues to get better, and a lot of investors stay with him, you would like to presume that he's got success on the market. So he's got that thing going for him. So very newsy, very polarizing, very controversial and a cantankerous character. I have also interacted with him. I will mention to you about that. All of that makes him a very interesting character. Should you be scared of him? Now look at what our external affairs minister S. Jashankar said about him at this Munich conference. He said he described him as old, rich, opinionated and dangerous. Now let's look at all these adjectives, old, rich, opinionated and dangerous. Old, fact, incontrovertible. He was born on August 12, 1930, which means a few months from now, about six or five and a half months from now, he will be, he will be 93 years old, right? That, okay, I mean, you might say, I know that on social media, Jay Shankar has got a little bit of a flag for, for being ages, for talking about somebody's age, but you know, this is, this is a fact. He's 93 this year. He's closer to 93 than 92, in fact, at this point. And what, why that age is important. He may be fitter, he may be smarter than anybody at anybody at 19 for all I care. But the fact is that that vintage, a man turning 93 this, this year has seen a lot. And in this case, this man has seen the Holocaust. He was in Hungary when the German Germans came and occupied, when the Nazis took over and, and Jews were being sent away to gas chambers. He was 13 years old at that point. So he has seen the world evolve. Then through the Second World War, then, then, then the Cold War, so many decades of the Cold War, and then the unipolar world, and then the, then the rise of, then the rise of all the great new savants of, of free markets, Thatcher, Reagan, 
etcetera 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 alan greenspan and and so on and so forth and then on the other hand paul volcker who seems to like george soros very much when when you are that age and you've been successful and you've been in public debate right then you've seen a lot so age matters in his case so the first thing is a fact he's old born on august 12 1930 93 this year number 2 rich no doubt about it he's rich he's not among the richest people in the world but he's very rich right 8.2 or 8.4 billion dollars because these things are marked to market every day uh, is a lot of money uh, plus he has a lot of money on call and his funds invest a lot of people's money so he is a very rich man so second second thing is also factual third opinionated that is as factual as his date of birth because he's been talking opinion he's an opinion obsessed man old or young in fact when i read up on him and there is plenty written on him written on him you will you will you will find and i found that even when he was a student at lse he escaped from hungary in a very clever way at 13 between the age of 13 and 14 because his father figured that they were jews and they might be taken taken away to gas chambers also so first of all they did whatever they could do to hide their jewish identity they were a family of non practicing jews right they were not religious jews they did not follow any jewish practices and then he made a big deal of it that i don't follow any jewish practices then in the course of time he began to package himself as a christian or not a jew and that's how the second name soros came in in fact the family second name was schwartz schwartz is schwartz is as jewish as singh or subramanyam or jadav might be indian shorts became soros right soros soros can mean so soaring up or whatever i don't know for sure there are many interpretations but shorts became soros to hide that jewish identity identity then between the age of 13 and 14 in his young teens george soros was given away like a god child to a christian official on the pretense that now that he'd become a godchild of a christian official he was a christian too that gave him that gave him security and that's when that's when probably george soros learned to be cynical for the first time early in his life because this official's job was to identify jewish people jewish businesses take them over and also then give them externment or deportation permits deportation permits weren't just to say that okay you okay you leave this country go to britain or go to america or go to some place that was basically deport them to wherever hitler was deporting the jews mostly to gas chambers so he went along with it he later justified it in an interview with 60 minutes and you will see some stills of that we can't run any video because that's copyrighted by the publishers there but you will also see a couple of lines that he spoke in that interview which have featured in my friend sandeepan deep's wonderful article on moneycontrol.com i wish it was in the print.in but i take sandeepan deep my former colleague he used to he served as editor of financial express in my times in the indian express when i was group editor in chief uh, i read him very carefully he is a man on the right of center the sanest of the sane that you can find right he makes a very good point on the right of center so in his article he quotes from this interview and some other people also who then find it quite strange that even in this article he justified what he had done at 14 because he said look it was a case of if i wasn't if if these people weren't going on this train somebody else would go on this train i could be going on this train so might as well be on the safer side and in the course of time his father his family bought 
documentation basically to prove they were not jewish bribed their way out of hungary and came to britain that's when he went to lsc so even when he was at lsc it is widely known that he would go to london speakers corner and hold forth by himself so cynical trained to be cynical very early on non practicing jew trained to be cynical sold off even if he was a juvenile street smart enough cynical enough to go along with what was happening to other jews in hungary as long as he could find his way to safety but opinionated so opinionated you can go right back now to 1950 51 in london george soros studying at lsc london school of economics and political science holding forth on speaker's corner after that as he rose as a global investor he wrote a whole bunch of books many of these will feature on your screens i'm not talking about each one in any detail because that takes too long and you know what i believe that george soros at any point of time even at this point of time when he's making such a lot of news in india deserves more than what 15 17 minutes so i'm not going into his books etc etc except to say that sometimes he's been right but often he's been wrong so thrice he predicted a global financial collapse first two times he was wrong third time it turned out right 2008 2009 and that's when there was there was that famous or infamous quote from him saying i have gone wrong many times uh, but even the boy who cried wolf got it right the third time so he got it right the third time the other way of putting this is that look even a broken clock would show you the correct time at least once in a day but the fact is that he's been writing his books he's been he's been dominating the opinion world on his side and he's been funding a lot of opinion making again philanthropy if you look at his philanthropy his net worth today maybe 8.2 billion dollars but until now on all accounts and i have seen bloomberg i've seen forbes etc etc he has given away more than 32 billion dollars of his income to causes that he supports so that in, in that sense he is very influential because this kind of money going to ngos activists even media can make a big difference particularly in weaker economies weaker political systems weaker countries so he has he is opinionated and he is willing he is opinionated he is rich he has seen the world he has learned to be street smart and because he's opinionated he is willing to spend his own money into making sure into at least trying to make sure that the world is molded according to his opinion that's what makes him in my book as well dangerous that makes him dangerous because people like him have no accountability they have very little stakes they live in the safety of america he can say whatever he wants against the american system right he didn't like donald trump he called him all kinds of things he's funded the election campaigns of all democratic candidates in the past 30 years or so that is obama both the clintons joe biden he's given away money to foundations to try and bring down donald trump he also endowed a lot of money gave away a lot of money to to defeat george bush the junior he did not want him reelected so in america he does all that but this has limitations right he's one of the biggest contributors say to the democratic party everybody knows it it's transparent but when he goes out and does something in a smaller economy that becomes a problem hungary for example his motherland or his fatherland that is where he was born he's 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 a hungarian native who then became 
an international citizen and an American. Hungary passed a Stop Soros law. In fact, a set of Stop Soros laws. Now, these are not laws passed. I will share an article from The Guardian with you. It's a Reuters article from The Guardian explaining what these laws are. These are not laws to stop. Soros from coming there. I see a lot of folklore now in the Indian media also, particularly a lot of the spoken Indian media. Uh, people saying, oh, his own native country had to pass a Stop Soros law, so he can't come in. This was a law they passed. They called it Stop Soros laws, and I tell you why. They passed these laws to make sure that no, no NGO, activist group, human rights groups, could be funded by Soros, either funded by Soros or people like that could campaign for asylum and rights for immigrants coming into Hungary. Now, this was at a time, this is 2018, this was at a time when European Union, you know how the Europeans are at that point, were very sentimental about what was happening in the Arab world because after Arab Spring, many countries had broken up and crisis in Syria, Libya were going on. Afghanistan was a persistent crisis and lots of refugees were coming in. So European Union had actually, actually allocated quotas to its members to take these migrants because Europe has that conscience about migration. Hungary was going to have no part of it because Hungary is led by Viktor Orban, who is a man of the right, hard right, hard right nationalism. And he is not, he was not going to accept any of this. So he passed this set of laws because immigration is something that, that Soros supports. Soros also strongly opposes all nationalism. Now, opposing all nationalism also comes easy to Europeans particularly older Euro Europeans, because they believe, quite rightly, that nationalism it was that broke Europe in the Second World War. And that, in fact, both the world wars, because it was nationalism of various states in Europe that set one state at the throats of the other. So that's why European unity, uh, European Union, etc., etc., have come in. George Soros doesn't like that. He had been funding these groups in Hungary who were supporting the asylum demands or asylum cases of these refugees or migrants, mainly from Arab countries or Muslim countries. They, these laws completely stopped that. As a result, as of now, Hungary hasn't given asylum to even a thousand people, whereas all so many of the European countries around it, so many members of the European, European Union have done exactly the contrary. They've got a lot of, lot of immigrants and that's now causing problems. We featured on Cut the Clutter the issues that have taken place in Italy, issues that, that have taken place even in Sweden and how, how this resentment of the new immigrant, mostly Muslims, mostly Muslims from the Arab world broken by Arab Spring and Afghanistan and Libya, etc. and some parts of Africa, how these have now become big political issues and they are driving, they are driving the popularity, they are driving the popularity of the nationalist right in European countries. Now, what are other, the other things that George Soros has done in the markets? Uh, he became famous or infamous, depending on which side you are on, in 1992. When, when he got the sobriquet man who broke the Bank of England. That's because he said UK's, UK's economic monetary, monetary policies were all wrong. Their interest rates, etc. were all wrong. He is he's somebody who plays the markets. And if you go back, I told you I had an encounter with him. I recorded a walk the talk with him in 2009. And I asked him this question that look, look at you, you are an interesting guy. You, you, 
you don't trust the markets you always are speaking against the markets and yet yet you make money from the market so he's like that he stands against market fundamentalism and then he says that look because you are a marketing fund, a market fundamentalist if you don't follow the principles of free markets you will pay and i shall make you pay and that's how he makes a lot of his money so 1992 he said the british pound was overpriced the british central bank kept on supporting supporting the pound bank of england they kept on borrowing more money collecting more money to support the pound but he had already got a war chest ready so the more they supported the pound the more he shorted it in the process he spent 10 billion pounds in no time right this was 16th of september 1992 or what was called as black wednesday that's when the pound broke after that the pound was devalued for a while britain pulled out of the european exchange rate mechanism etc etc and that was a big victory for george soros and that's what set up the legend of soros the predator from the left of the market strange character the predator from the left of the market then 97 98 the east asian currency meltdown took place again he found a similar opportunity there he found malaysia thailand they were supporting their currencies and their currencies were overvalued so he went in there and again made a lot of money so bank of england pound it's widely estimated that he made a billion pounds billion was a lot of money in 1992 31 years back 1998 indonesia thailand malaysia more thailand malaysia again he made a lot of money shorting their currencies and what he did with the currencies at that point led to massive instability and led to regime changes or government changes in some of those countries that made gave him an even bigger image of a powerful predator who could bring about who could bring about regime changes or government changes then then came 2008 2008 by that time a crisis was building up by 2008 and he had seen that was coming up so he began talking about it that is the one prediction that he believes he got right but since then he's carried on doing the same thing now there are people there are people like sandeepan deb who think that he's doing all this because he's eyeing the indian markets that indian rupee is not convertible so he can't play with the indian rupee although i can tell you in 2008 winter there was a concern when indian rupee was weakening dollar was strengthening and rbi was supporting the rupee there was a concern among the higher higher echelons of the economic leadership in the country monetary leadership in the country that look if you support the rupee too much someone like george soros could be waiting in dubai and raid you and start shorting your currency and do the kind of stuff that he did with east asian countries so a lot of precautions were taken at that point so nobody trusts him because he could do really dangerous things with you now how do you slot him and do you slot him as a dangerous global predator who's opinionated who's armed with native smarts who's armed then with market genius and who is then obsessed with his opinion and unmindful of consequences in fact in that 60 minutes interview the interviewer asks him interviewer asks him that look you broke this east asian currencies and their economies do you know with your actions so many people suffered so his answer is something like do i care why do i how do i care i'm in the market i'm making money so the interviewer asks him that who speaking now there is a moral there is a moral 
Soros and there is an immoral Soros. So are you, is this the immoral, immoral Soros speaking or the moral Soros, Soros speaking? And he said something like, it's the same, which is nonsense. It is not the same. He's somebody who has fun in the market as he sees fun. He's brutal. I don't think he cares very much about human misery or what his actions might cause. He's also obsessed with himself and he thinks I have the money, I have the smarts and I can bring about resolutions in different parts of the country that I want because you know what, I am I'm such a smart guy and I'm so powerful and that's what makes him not such a benign character. Now, now if you want to see a clearer view of him, this is a view coming not from the right, right? Because right may detest him. This is a, this is a view coming, if anything, from the left of center. So Paul Krugman, Loeb Nobel laureate economist and New York Times columnist who I sometimes agree with but oftentimes do not agree with, not that I understand very much economics but I understand the politics of economics but he wrote something in his book and this is his book in 1999 just after the East Asian financial meltdown. So on the on page 160 of his book, The Accidental Theorist in the Dispatches from a Dismal Science published by W. W. Norton, Paul Krugman writes and I quote, nobody who has read a business magazine in the last few years can be unaware that these days there really are investors who not only move money in anticipation of a currency crisis, but actually do their best to trigger that crisis for fun and profit. That's exactly what I said to you two minutes back. So let me repeat it again uh, for you uh, from Kugman and I quote, Nobody who has read a business magazine in the last few years can be unaware that these days there really are investors who not only move money in anticipation of a currency crisis, but actually do their best to trigger that crisis for fun and profit. These new actors on the scene do not have a standard name. My proposed name is Soroi, S-O-R-O-I. So in conclusion, for all the reasons we listed before, and this very pithy assessment from Paul Krugman, who is a man on the left of center, you can conclude that George Soros indeed is dangerous. Although I would say cons conspiracy theories about him, which are a lot in many countries of the, of the world, make him, make him out to be much more powerful than he is. He talks a lot. He can do damage. He is a bully in the markets and he is a bully in the opinion place. He is, a, he is also a bully wherever he sees either market excess or he sees too much nationalism. But you know, India is a very different kind of a country and Indian nationalism is much deeper and much stronger and much more widespread than for someone like him to be able to play with successfully.